0: Hello, and welcome to Reimagining Work From Within. My name's Emily Shelton, and today I'm joined by our co-founder, Lori Bennett. We will be talking about generative AI, specifically ChatGPT, and whether or not it can or should write your purpose, vision, and values. It's a doozy of a topic and we're excited to have you joining us. How are you feeling, Lori?
1: I'm feeling good. It's great to have you on our side of the microphone for Hi. a change. Emily's usually the person behind the scenes in the room with the headphones on making sure we all sound and great, but here you are on our team this time
0: yes establishing a new level of empathy for our guests today and the discomfort that comes with stepping behind the mic is very real but i'm really excited i'm really excited to work have worked on this episode and to be on the podcast
1: Woo-hoo. yeah it's the one thing chat gpt can't do for us yet is record podcast episodes that's right. unfortunately but maybe soon
0: hopefully not
1: <laughs> well that's kind of the theme isn't it of our conversation which was like are we are we about to be made irrelevant by the bots are they coming for our job if 30 percent of all jobs are going to be automated in some way by 2030 so says mckinsey how are we going to do in the face of that as folks who like to help people articulate their culture and can the mystical, wondrous, ge- scary genius that is generative AI, do what we do.
0: Mystical and wondrous is definitely something that I was feeling in my initial workings with ChatGPT, like d- diving in, you hear all of these people talking about it, but they're talking about it in so many different ways that it's almost a little intimidating. It's like, what is this thing? And is it going to come and take my job? Can it do that? We're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I had the same feeling with it. Like I think it's worth saying that neither you nor I are in any way experts on the world of AI. We are some lay folk who have had a play with it in the context that we're going to talk about today and I but I think there's something amazing that comes from that, I think. I I don't know about you, but I sort of found myself beginning to kind of talk to the to the bot as if it was like I needed to give it instructions. But after a while, I was saying thank you for the answers it gave me. I was being polite in how I asked my questions, as if somehow behind the scenes there was a being of some kind that needed my humanity. It's just it's so weirdly kind of convincing that it's talking to. Oh, you, absolutely! That you feel like you got to talk nice. It bad. praises
0: you. It tells you congratulations on your successful role, and so you do feel like you have to reciprocate a little bit. If it's being so polite, I'm going to be kind back. But there's also that little like thought in the back of my head of like, well, if robots ever take over, I'm not going to be the one that was mean to them. So I'm going to continue to be very polite to our generative AI units personally. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like that hedging hedging your yeah, bets just in case nice. yeah so we had a play right we decided what what can it do you know it's de- generative ai is popping up in so many different places right now not just in the world of business and the world of kind of the human side of business and hr where we've seen it writing policies writing job ads responding <laughs> to job ads in some cases but kind of how far can we take this because in my playing with it up until now kind of getting it to synthesize information for me and turn that into something that's not just a an a kind of summary of something that I'm interested in but actually write something interesting about it it's, it feels like it's got a real power in that space and It just got interesting one day to think about, hey, we spend a lot of time working with leaders and businesses around the world, helping them articulate the foundations of their culture, what we call a purpose framework, this kind of holy trinity of purpose, values, and vision. These core statements that sit at the heart of a culture and really kind of underpin the DNA of a business which are notoriously tricky to write and to come to, and for lots of different reasons. But the question we asked ourselves was, well, how would a bot do if given the task of doing that? So we, what did we do? We, we dreamt up some businesses, and we used our own, and we kind of fed the bot some information about ourselves and then set it loose to see what it could do.
0: We came up with a few different scenarios, and we really took the time and space to play with this tool and see how it works best, when it works best, what language to use to get it to work best. And yeah, the results were very interesting. We were able to get some pretty tangible purpose statements, pretty usable, credible purpose statements in a matter of a few minutes. So yeah, do we want to do we want to dig into that a little bit, Lori?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's talk a bit about what did we find in that. These are hypothetical situations in most parts. Some of them we sort of tried to align a little bit, like some of the clients we've worked on, and using ourselves as well as a as a guinea pig in the process. But g- give me a sense of kind of what it was like asking a robot to come up with this instead of what we're more familiar with of kind of a a room of people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there were definitely times where I felt like me and the robot, we got caught in a loop. Interestingly, there were times where I was starting to get a little frustrated and had to kind of pull out of what I was doing and reassess the way that I was communicating with this tool. We'll speak to that a little bit more. But my initial response was, holy cow, This is wild. So the very first thing that I did without giving it any real information was, so I I had said, I am a interdisciplinary consulting firm who needs a purpose statement. Give me a purpose statement. And that's all the information that I gave it. And it generated something very concise and like fairly usable. I mean, if not generic purpose statement. And that was with very little prompting. So to me, yeah. Yeah, that was that that blew me away.
1: And yeah. it it does that, right? And my understanding is it does that by kind of looking out there into its mega brain of the internet and saying, Okay, right, what are all the purpose statements that are out there? How are people talking about this? And what should a purpose sound like in this space? And but Kind of what it gave us was something pretty meaty, right? It was kind of a few paragraphs of things talking about a whole bunch of stuff, which doesn't exactly subscribe to the within way of framing a purpose. So we kind of used a few more prompts after that, didn't we, to kind of get it to shorten itself up and get itself into the right tone. What what was the journey that you went on kind of with your bot? So
0: so I I had said uh, at the start, I work for a multidisciplinary team of growth strategists and coaches who work alongside leaders, helping organizations grow with intention as an aligned team. Can you help us write a purpose statement? And what it gave back was pretty needy at business name. Our purpose is to empower organizations to achieve intentional growth and foster unity through our multidisciplinary team of growth strategists and coaches. We partner with leaders to create a shared vision, align teams, and unleash their potential. By providing tailored strategies and fostering a collaborative environment, we enable organizations to thrive, driving sustainable success and positive impact in an ever-evolving business landscape. So my next steer or prompt for ChatGPT at this point was that I would like for our statement to be concise and 10 words or less specifically. So from there, it took us to guiding growth. Uniting teams, empowering organizations to achieve extraordinary results. I gave it one more prompt. I said, We have a fairly informal culture. Can you update the statement accordingly? And from there, it took us to fueling growth, uniting teams, achieving extraordinary results together. Pretty on point.
1: Beautiful. Pretty beautiful. Yeah. Purpose you can statement. see that on the About Us page of Interdisciplinary Consulting Firm, couldn't you?
0: Absolutely. And you'd
1: think, all right, I understand what they're, what they're about.
0: But something I wanted to note was that if I, if we didn't know going into this conversation with ChatGPT what we wanted the result to be, it, I think that there would have been a lot more back and forth to try to figure out how to get to that statement. So luckily, we're professional purpose statement creators, and we knew kind of what to do or where we wanted to steer it. But without that prior knowledge, I think we could have gotten lost a little more easily.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. We've got a pretty specific formula for what a purpose statement needs to look like and how a set of values should work, what a vision statement should do. But I think understanding those things helped us prompt and query the bots in a way that really got us somewhere really um, believable really quickly. And I think... you know, the the playing that I was doing in that space was, first of all, kind of plugging in within. And, you know, we have a purpose statement, a set of values and a vision statement right now, of course, as we must. <laughs> but it was sort of watching w- the way the bot interpreted what I fed into it and played back some really kind of pithy statements that sounded pretty fun, really, and kind of had me thinking, okay, this Actually, kind of works, you know. Our our purpose that it gave us after a couple of of instructions only from me was the idea of cultivating purpose led cultures for inclusive, authentic leadership and growth, which is super aligned to to what we're doing. And when I asked for it to relax the language a little bit, it said fueling purpose, growth, and authentic leadership in kick-ass it
0: really asked it kick to think ass
1: cultures. About... It, it really likes the word kick ass. Sorry,
0: it really likes the word kick ass. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm glad it did for you as well. It's not just learning that my slightly weird way of saying things is the way that things should be said. So, you know, I think the what was interesting about it was that with so little input and so little time, it was spitting out phrases for things that were extremely compelling. The kind of thing you've seen on websites of companies that have invested thousands of dollars and thousands of hours sometimes in coming up with these kinds of statements. And in some cases, I think the stuff that, that the bot came up with quickly actually sort of scanned a little better and sounded a little better, even than purpose statements that I've seen out in the world, Definitely. which really leads us to ask, look, is this a, a viable way to start working on these elements of your culture? in your company, kind of think of the time-saving there would be for your executive. Think of- <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Of what you could spare yourself of these convoluted, sometimes difficult, challenging, soul-searching conversations that happen inside Teams to, to yield this kind of statement in the human process that we tend to run.
0: Right, no, I mean, absolutely. Even thinking about the way that this is able to sift through information. If you were able to do some sort of large team survey and then have ChatGPT sift through your data, what would it be able to pull out for you? I I think it could be a really helpful and useful support tool. But we're missing one main ingredient or one big piece, and that's the people and the people's stories and the life experience that an individual brings to the table. Did you feel that in in what you were getting back from ChatGPT?
1: You can't help but know that, right? And as, you know, we've been doing this work for a decade. And if you asked me what the most important ingredient in this recipe ought to be, the answer would be people. Mm -hmm. And the conversation and the belief system and the motivation and inspiration and passion and humanity that comes from their experiences and what they want to grow in their organization you know that's the that's the stuff that makes the words more than words and I couldn't help feeling as we were going through the process with the bot that the words sounded great but they they it was something that was clearly missing from behind them, which was, I didn't have any sense of where those words were coming from, what they really meant to people. You know, ordinarily, when we go through a process of working on a purpose statement or a set of values, there's people's voices and emotions and and cares and hates mm-hmm. that sit in those words for you by the time you get to that point, and it felt a little empty.
0: Yeah, hollow. That was the word I was going to use. Absolutely. And it's the the process of getting those values and getting to those purpose. That's what helps align a team too. It's airing of those feelings and those grievances and those, this is what works and this whats what doesn't work. That's how you then together are able to co-create something that actually represents you and the business that you're trying to create versus yeah. just spitting out some pretty words that might feel on brand but who's backing them like where's the why
1: yeah yeah i think the as we were going through it you and i were chatting about an analogy for what it feels like and what we came up with was that kind of the difference between a a barbecue for example or a meal that's been sort of the love's been put into it it's the food's been cooked slowly in the smoky barbecue there's been love and emotion put into it versus something that you kind of peel out of a packet and throw into the microwave exactly you know both of them both of them contain nutrients but the impact of one and the experience of consuming one over the other will be completely different.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm from North Carolina, originally. Born in Charleston, South Carolina. And I was going to ask you, Lori, have you ever been to like an all-day barbecue where someone broke out the smoker at 8 a.m.? I have. Yeah? Oh, really?
1: And it's, I have. Not, sadly, in Carolina. That would be the place right. to do it. But not only have I done that, but I've... I've become mildly obsessed with the idea of it, and watched sort of the those shows where people compete at mm-hmm. that kind of thing as well, and where you you're, you're, this isn't just a, a a way of feeding yourself, but a kind of whole identity and yeah. sense of. Itself. It's it's a ritual,
0: yeah. it's a heritage. It's it's passed down through generations. It's not just about like the cut of meat or the spices that you use, but it gets down into like the type of wood chips that you're using and when and why. So like it's really somebody putting thought and care into every step of the process. And to me that just felt like that is a great analogy for the work that we do. We put love and care into every step of the way, and if we have this chat version. Yes, it looks like barbecue, but it doesn't have that hickory smoke or that really thoughtful seasoning or the massaged in olive oil. You know, it's just microwaved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that led us to the question of, I think, I think it's fair to say the kind of conclusion of our play here was you can write a super convincing purpose statement, set of values, and vision statement in a remarkably short amount of time, (laughs) not entering a whole bunch of data into the system that would at face value look like a really compelling, convincing, and passable purpose framework to underpin a culture in an organization. And That was kind of mind-blowing. And at the same time, my advice and our advice and conclusion at the end of it was don't do this. And not just because we don't want the bots to take our jobs, but there's something fundamental missing from this process, and that is the, the people and the process and the journey teams and leaders go on in, in actually going through the process of finding this language and crafting this language for themselves from their own experiences is, is the hickory smoke and the love and the time that's invested. And you don't get to just shortcut those things.
0: I'm so sorry, Laurie. I have a dog that's barking. I'm going to go get him before we start hearing him on the mic.
1: And the barking dog is called Drolls. Drolls. Right, which again, again, if you are going to, like, how do you tell me you're from the South without telling me you're from oh the South? Oh my gosh, and I
0: actually found out over the weekend, so we had already been working through this and we had already written our article and used this this metaphor. I found out over the weekend that one of our buddies from North Carolina is now doing barbecue competitions. He's literally traveling the South. He's been in Arkansas and Kentucky and he's gonna win, Christian Maloney. Pit shout master. out to you! <laughs> yeah, amazing. So we're we're really amazing. coming from the land of barbecue <laughs> over here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so Lori, we know we know what not to do. We know we shouldn't do this. Why? What are the real reasons here?
1: Yeah, I think we came up with three of those when we were thinking about it of what would what's really missing from this way of working into purpose and values and vision these core parts of your culture if you're going to ask a bot to do it for you which i know probably sounds reasonably obvious at face value but i think there's something in working in this way that really highlights what's so important about this work and the process for doing it IRL, I guess, with real human peeps. Um, and I think the first one of those was that the power of this th- is in the people and in the humanity that these kinds of statements need to encapsulate and symbolize and represent. You know, that purpose statement doesn't, isn't just a business's why. It's a representation of what the people in that business are most passionate and committed to doing in the world yeah. and what how they want to serve other people in some way in society that to support them to to operate in a certain way a set of values is a contract between people about how what we expect of each other and how we will show up for each other and what um makes us successful in how we work with each other in that way so to to pull those to pull people out of the equation just simply doesn't make sense and i think if you take the people and the process away you lose the opportunity to cause a conversation in your team and in your business that's about surfacing this diversity of imagination of passion of like deep i thought i said soul searching earlier i think there is an aspect of that of really starting to get down to well why am i here and how what's most important to me about the way that we work with each other and where do we want to go so you're pretty spectacularly missing the point of the exercise if you miss out on those conversations it's those stories and beliefs and convictions that come from real people that fill the words that you f- finish up with, with meaning. You know, one of the things that we always say when we're working with clients, especially around purpose, was the objective here is not to create something that sounds sexy. We're not building a marketing slogan or a tagline for our brand. We need something that sounds true. Right. And that when we speak it, it actually kind of reaches back into what we care about most and communicates that back to us. And when we get to hear what the people we work alongside care about most, when we get to hear what the founders of our businesses really care about most, that's what gives real meaning to the to the words that we put forward.
0: Absolutely. That's what motivates us to step in line and and work alongside a leader. If we have a better understanding of what's motivating that leader and then they too understand why that matters to us, it's only going to create alignment and like stepping in unison into the future.
1: That's that's right. Hey, cuz when you first so often when you first ask people what that is, they don't all say the same thing. Right. And there's a as a when leaders of an organization in particular don't have the same understanding of the reason why they are in business or the impact they want to have in the world or what it is that actually defines the way that they want to work with each other. You know, so often those, that language exists in a business, but the, the meaning of that language is interpreted so differently by different people and having this conversation and going through the tough bits that are kind of, the temptation is to skip those difficult conversations right. and the time it takes to have them and the, the challenge and sometimes debate that comes from them. But really, it's in, it's in that, the heat of those kinds of conversations that we find alignment as teams as well, which is so important.
0: Honestly, I've been chewing on this and really thinking about this for the last few weeks, but sitting here having this conversation, I'm feeling like still like I'm getting new insight, just thinking about those beautiful words that that chat GPT spit out and how five team members might interpret them completely differently. Like even just that That's those right. values are going to be interpreted and, and taken in different directions. And it, actually what that could do is create misalignment. It could do the opposite of what you're trying to do.
1: Right. And I think, you know, that comes to the sort of the second point of why we don't do this. And that's really anchored in authenticity. This idea that our identity comes from within us. It's not an aggregation of what's going on outside. And the the kind of pre-chat GPT shortcut that we've experienced leaders wanting to take is approaching developing these elements of their culture by looking at what their competition is saying and trying to sort of find a space to own or a, a way of differentiating themselves from what other people are saying. And we came to sort of ban that behavior to some extent within our client process of you can't go and see what your competitors are saying until you've explored what's important to you because your purpose and your values come from within you. They're about what is most authentic about the way that you work. They're not about what makes you different from other people. The good news is that what's most authentic about you is usually the thing that makes you most different from other people right. and in a way that you can really show up to and live up to and that feels true. Yeah. And there's there's something about just the very way these generative AI works and these large language models work which is that they scour everything else that's out there and in some ways that's an amazing resource to have that they can get out there and and flip through millions of data points in milliseconds and come up with something for you but it's kind of the opposite approach than that is needed which is not what is everyone else out there saying and therefore what kind of aggregation of that makes sense for us, but rather who cares what anyone else is saying? What do we want to say? And how do we kind of bring the gumption and the confidence to say what's most and find what's most important to us rather than feel like we're swayed by what everyone else is saying in this space?
0: Wow, really beautifully said and just really inspiring. I think that a lot of people tend to look outwards and externally when thinking about who they are and what role they play in the world. And just to redirect that and say, Ooh, you're looking the wrong way, turn inward, is just such a powerful message. Because that's where you're going to find your magic and your unique role. You're not going to find it by looking around you.
1: I think that's it, right? If you you feel like you're playing a role, uh, like as in a kind of, a, you're cast in a role if you step into some words that feel like they're brought from somewhere else, as opposed to getting to be yourself, which is so powerful. And I think, you know, when you think about what a statement of purpose and a set of values and a vision can be used for in terms of communicating a kind of collective alignment inside an organization, but also attracting people towards your business who share those same kind of passions and inspirations is really powerful and i think to be able to put out there look this is who i am and we want people who can share in this it's a contract not just for us but with us and our and our employees with us and our customers with us and the people who we serve who work kind of who work with us and who we work for in this space and that has to come from a sense of authenticity i think when you set out with that authenticity then people get to show up to it differently inside the culture afterwards i think the the piece there that's that's interesting is that you could argue like hey actually there's something kind of cool about the sort of the way that the bot scrapes the values and purposes of all the values and purposes it can find out there in the world. Like maybe that's opening our eyes wider than we would be able to open them if we did this in a small setting of just our team. Right. Right. If, if you think about kind of representation in your purpose and your values and who, usually gets to really contribute into those conversations and in you know a lot of businesses a purpose statement is cooked up by a founder by themselves when they're starting their business or is built by an executive team kind of behind closed doors without really the, the ability for their the wider business to feed into what they're doing so there's an argument to say hey there's something kind of cool that happens when you scrape the whole internet and you get the perspectives and views of kind of this the the diversity that that represents um until you discover one of the real big challenges that these language models and ai generally are having is that they aren't all that inclusive just yet, that they are built by a very small niche of people in the world and that they tend to learn a kind of dominant system view and that actually there's some real danger behind that, not just in the case of this use, but in many others. But I think the the, the thing that comes to to me when I think about this is there's a real opportunity when you're making these kind of statements, to hear from you, the organ, the organization that you work in, to hear from the people who work in it, and to understand what's meaningful to them on mass, yeah. and it's not the same as just scraping what's out there in the world. It's about listening to real people inside your business. I think there's an opportunity, like what you said a little earlier, around what the technology here could do to help us listen to everyone in our business in a new way. But I don't think that it's that's the same as assuming that just because we're harvesting the thoughts of the internet that we're somehow kind of creating a statement here that's more inclusive within our business. Right.
0: No, there's definitely, you definitely have to take what ChatGPT spits back at you with a grain of salt. There are studies that are being done right now. There are studies that have shown that this is a biased tool if it's scraping what's out in the internet and was created by a particular group of people, it's not going to include the voices of marginalized communities. So that's something that we need to be aware of right off of the bat. And then to, yeah, I think, oh, it's so interesting. I think that if you were to say scrape the internet for ideas in terms of core values, you might get some ideas that you hadn't necessarily thought of just because of your limited point of view or perspective, right? You might get some unique takes on what this core value or purpose statement could look like. For me, I could see ChatGPT being utilized as a support tool in that way. So we were kind of talking about it a little earlier, like doing data collection or evaluation around your core values. And then from there, now you have an ability to get multiple voices in without having to sift through massive amounts of data, right? I think that that's really interesting. Personally, for me, I have ADHD. So I sometimes have a really hard time getting started on a project. Once I get the ball rolling, I can take off with it. But looking at a blank page is just very difficult for me. So there have been times in this experimenting where I've asked ChatGPT to give me an outline for something that I was trying to write. And just having that place to start was super helpful. And I think that there are so many other ways that we could be using this as a support tool, but I think that we need to be really careful when we're talking about worldwide automation and how many jobs are gonna be shifting in the future. I think that there's a way for us to use this tool as an empowerment tool versus disempowerment. I love
1: that. Yeah. it certainly got me thinking, you know, one of our clients, a big retailer in South Africa that has 27,000 employees. And we've been working with them for many years, kind of developing their purpose statement and helping them embed that into the, into the fabric of the organization. And to to you know even in doing that over over a period of years we've been able to really hear thousands of people but not 27,000 and that idea of gathering that amount of data and having to somehow process that is really horrifying <laughs> but i think to be able to believe that there might be a way to have people contribute to a conversation like this and use the power of ai to sort of help us process and understand what's being said by that number of people to be able to feed into these kinds of processes is really powerful. I think there's a there's kind of a narrative when we you know we sort of jokingly talked about thinking about whether these kinds of generative AI models put our jobs at at risk but I think there's a real narrative starting to surface here around the opportunity that they have to augment the way that we work Mm. rather than replace it and to focus us into some of the things that we've talked about here, about kind of how can we use this kind of technology to help us pay even more attention to the humanity that exists inside our organization rather than less. And, And this is just, you know, when we talk about Generative AI and how it's a huge conversation right now about how that's going to shape and shift the world of human resources inside organizations. But even just in this little example that we're playing with here, I think there's something quite exciting about what this sort of technology can offer to the process of helping hear the humans in our world and what they care about most.
0: Absolutely. Beautifully said. Augmenting. I like that. That's exactly what this needs to be used for. Okay. So we've hinted at it a little bit. We've talked about the missing ingredients. We've talked about the ways that we want this tool to be used. But what is our final verdict on ChatGPT?
1: Yeah, I think the, the final verdict is please please from the bottom of my heart don't feel like this is a shortcut <laughs> to creating these statements that really sit at the heart of your culture M- maintain the the human process here but get really curious about how this kind of technology might help you hear more of your people in a more inclusive way mm-hmm. but make use the the human process of conversation to really get you to where you need to get with these things. And if you need a little bit of help with that, obviously, Emily and I are here and the rest of the Within Partnership. But also, we've got a couple of guides on our website, which will help you get started on how you're thinking about finding your purpose or bringing your values to life inside your organization. So please do head over to withinpeople.com and check those out if you get them out.
0: Yes, those are our guide to finding purpose and our guide to finding values. Both are live on our website. Check them out. I'm also going to be linking them in this podcast episode just to make it a little easier on you. All right. But I think that wraps us up for our ChatGPT experiment. Laurie, I just wanted to say, this has been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun working with you on this project. It felt, for a moment, like, where was this going to take us? It felt very explorative, and and I've really enjoyed diving in with you on this.
1: Yeah, it's been super fun. I think just getting to play with this and see what comes out. And if I'm sure there are other people playing with these kinds of ideas as well, and would love to hear if you get the opportunity to Tell us about how you've been using this kind of technology around your culture. Um, we'd love to hear your stories too.
0: All righty. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed learning about our exploration with ChatGPT and purpose, vision, and values. You can find more information about Within People at withinpeople.com. Tune into our podcast every month for more episodes on what's happening in the culture and leadership space what's on the minds of leaders committed to change in our community and other future of work content you crave. Reimagining Work From Within is available wherever you listen to podcasts.